Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage Podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Jamie Heston, CEO and founder of Jamie Heston Homeschool Consulting. Jamie has been encouraging new homeschoolers and helping them get started for over 13 years. Jamie homeschooled for over 15 years and is very active in the San Francisco Bay Area homeschool community as an activities organizer, volunteer, and conference speaker. She has successfully launched her kids into college where they are thriving. Jamie's specialty is uplifting parents and turning the fear of change and the unknown into relief and excitement about the possibilities and freedom that homeschooling brings. In this episode, we talk about how it will surprise you listeners to know that in many states, including California, homeschool educators do not need to be credentialed or submit curriculum lesson plans to any government entity and operate independently. Also, how introducing the benefits of individualized and child-focused home education and not recreating school at home. Lastly, homeschooling is possible for you and that there is a way to do it that can be completely different from how schools approach education and it still will have a result that doesn't limit your child's chance at college or life success opportunities. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Jamie has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Say hello to our guests and tell us what is a fun fact about your industry that will really surprise our listeners. Hi, I'm Jamie Heston. I'm a homeschool consultant and thank you for having me. Well, it would probably surprise viewers to know that a lot of states, including California, homeschool teachers do not need to be credentialed. Some of them don't need to submit any sort of curriculum or lesson plans to any government entity. And we operate fairly independently. There are other methods of homeschooling that are not as independent, but the way I always homeschooled was where the government is basically hands off when it comes to the education of my children. And I'm in charge of that. I love that because that's exactly how it should be. Even though I'm a government teacher, (laughs) I am so against it. (laughs) It's not even funny. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of a slight conversation back and forth with my principal about the sex education curriculum that I'm not in agreement with. And I showed her a ton of proof at the illegal nature of it. And I'm trying to like forewarn her. I'm like, it's actually quite illegal, the sex education, what you're teaching, what you want us to teach. I was like, I think you need to check it out. And I actually sent it to all the parents. I did it. I said it online. Oh my God. I sent everything (laughs) to the parents. I was like, hey guys, and this is who you can talk to. (laughs) I need your help. (laughs) But anyways, yeah. So I'm so, I'm so happy about that because, you know, education, being in the public school for 22 years myself as a teacher and watching just how education is so stifled. I I don't know how, I don't know another word to call it. It's just very stifled. It's very, it's extremely cookie cutter, extremely cookie cutter. You're going to have the same child unless you have a rebellious child, (laughs) but you're going to basically have the same mindset coming out of that. There is no individuality in there as much as 
you know, they're like, oh, individualized education plan. I'm like, this is not yeah, individualized yeah. education plan. Putting a kid and sitting them in a certain area in the room is not individualized. It's a seating chart. You know, just like, let's get it. To I think, you know, people. a lot of that I think is tied to like the testing as well, because we're, we're teaching to the test. So teachers even are sort of hamstrung as well because they're having to teach to the test and they don't have the freedom to, to kind of go outside of the parameters that they're given in order to get the testing. That's sort of their report card, right? If the children do well on the testing, that's also tied to funding. Usually I actually know a couple of homeschool vendors in the Bay area in California that left the public school system because they were so stifled and they started their own business and became very, very successful teaching math and science to homeschoolers here in the Bay Area. They just started with sort of after schoolers. In fact, they just started with a camp over over summer and homeschoolers were like, hey, can you just not, can you not just do high schoolers? Can you also do classes for grade schoolers? And they just expanded. And of course, the pandemic put a little kibosh on that, but they did really good business actually in accommodating homeschoolers needs for intelligent interesting material that's that great was very academic in one way right because it was actually very in depth and scientific and all of that but it was just out of the box thinking very hands-on you know that kind of thing they didn't have to think about some test that the child might take down the line in order to make sure you got certain things in you know so yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. Much right more flexibility yeah. And it is those testing that, that actually puts everything like in this box. And, you know, as you were talking, I was actually sitting here thinking like, yeah, that's the, the when you teach outside the box, it's actually how life really is. Like we don't live mm-hmm. really in this boxed world. So I'm so glad there are people like you and your friends who have these options. And that's what I love about homeschooling so much. And And a lot of times I always feel like the word homeschool is just like, it's a misnomer. Like it absolutely is. Yeah. Because you're Mm -hmm. barely at home. Like you're actually doing things. You're experiencing things. You're, you're you're, you're like, it's really hands on. I, I like calling it like experiential education, like really, like I said, hands on it's, it's just, out of the box, which I don't even know what the box really is. Have you found this box? I don't even know where this box is anymore. (laughs) You know, I've heard it called custom schooling and I love that term, custom schooling, because it's really tied to the child. So if you have a more introverted child that prefers, you know, kind of quiet days at home, you can do that. If you have a more outgoing kid or you're trying to get your kid to be more outgoing, you you're out and about more. I'm pretty outgoing and, and really a lot of things. And yeah, can you tell? (laughs) And I, I was, you know, always doing, you know, mom's nights out and field trips and park days and classes, you know, either outside classes, or we brought a teacher into our home for maybe a science class once a week, and then signed up other, other kids in our neighborhood or or our homeschool community uh, to join us, that kind of thing. So we were doing things so often that there were a lot of days when my kids said, can we just not go anywhere tomorrow? Can we stay home? So you're right. Homeschooling is a misnomer because we were doing things and going places. And when I look back now, because, you know, both my kids, oh, by the way, my younger child just got into UC Davis. So they are both at UC Davis now. 
I so love that's it. Very exciting. Yes, um, so yeah, so, you know, they can go on to college, even though they homeschooled, right? But I look back sort of over their, which I've had occasion to do because they're sort of in their next phase of life now, looking back over this time and all the things we did, you know, like, you know, just water parks in the summer, even, even summer things, you know, even not necessarily school related things, but things with other homeschoolers and fostering those relationships. And my kids are now at UC Davis with several other homeschooled students they were friends with. So those relationships have continued on and are very strong, you know, so they have good friends, they have a good education. And, you know, I've actually kind of said that if a credentialed teacher had stepped into my home mid high school years and looked at what we were doing, they may well, I don't know, they may well have been horrified. They may well have gone, oh, you're not doing enough. You're in, your kids are just going to, your kids are going to be on welfare someday. You know what I mean? I, I can imagine that that would be what would be going through their heads based on what they saw us doing. Just that it, not that it wasn't appropriate, that it wasn't enough probably. Right. You know? And, and so, so now though, that we've come to the fruition yeah. of that education, I see that it was enough. And you know, so we really good. concentrated on the three things, which I, I talk about all the time. I talk about executive functioning, which kind of just doesn't kick in until they're older. So you kind of have to be their frontal lobe for a yeah. while. The, Come on. The, the, the organizational skills, right? And, and knowing oh, I what get things it. are due and things like that. Critical yeah. thinking, the yeah. critical thinking, which can be developed, you know, over many, many, many years, thinking about things, you know, being able to discern good and bad information, find information, sort of all of that critical thinking piece. And then communication skills, written and oral. Those to me are the three pillars, right, of, of any person's education in life to be successful in a job someday and in life and all of that. Having those three things are really paramount. Now, of course, you know, if you're going to go be a STEM major, you need additional, you know, information to be able to be successful in college and do those things, right? You're going to be a doctor or whatever. You're going to be a computer programmer. You need programming information, right? But those basic skills are what everybody needs. And my kids happened to not go a STEM route. So they were, they're both history majors. So we could downplay the math and science a little bit and just kind of be at what, what would be considered grade level, but everything else they could explode. Their language was off the charts. Their vocabulary was off the charts. Their reading comprehension was off the charts. And we were able to just sort of run with that. It was really, it's really fantastic to look back over it and see all the wonderful experiences we had, the community we made, the friends we made and the friends we still have today, the friends I still have today through homeschooling. So I love that. You know, there's so many things you said. I want to touch on a couple of them because <laughs> they you know you made great points. Well, first, again, like I am a public school teacher and I actually know that we don't teach all eight hours, right? Nobody does. I if I teach three classes a day and if I actually teach 60 minutes that's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a lot. <laughs> we're not even, we're not even supposed to be teaching that much. We're supposed to only give 15 minutes of a talk to them. And mm-hmm. the rest of the time they're supposed to be working. So right. when people are like, am I good doing enough? I'm like, are you doing an hour work a day? And they're like, yes. I'm like, then you're doing enough. Like you're doing way enough. <laughs> like it's, it's great what you're doing because you really don't need to have that much per day. It really, education happens so naturally, so organically that a lot of times we might have intentional school for like an hour, hour and a half, but you've already started, like you've warmed them up to learning the rest of the day, like is 
a complete like download of information of what's happening in their life. And relationships are super important. And those three things are the, the three pillars, like you said, are the things that the public school tries to teach kids. And it is the hardest thing for us to teach. You know why? Because they have no interest in what we have to teach them. Yes. They don't, yeah. they're not interested. They only the kids that are interested can actually mm-hmm. learn those mm-hmm. skills. Mm-hmm. But the fact is homeschool can go deep. Like you said, you said it's deep. It is deep. That is the whole point. You're able to go deep. You, a lot of people think it's, oh, it has to do this work. Oh, I have to be doing. No. If you do yeah, yeah. an hour and a half, three times a week, an hour, five times a week, then you're fine. If you do two hours, two days a week, it, it, like literally there does not need to be that much time like yeah. doing anything. And also I, I agree with you. Like if students only read and did like, this is, this is how out of the box I'm going to get right now. If you never taught any other subject and you just taught them how to read and gave them books upon books upon books, they would probably learn every single subject. They would probably learn every single thing and just having conversations. They would learn that critical thinking and you would not need to do that. There is just so much. I I know public school is there because parents, well, first the government needed workers so they needed to have a certain right, mindset, right. Mm-hmm. like they needed to, you know, yeah, get and a the... certain level of education to be able to train them to do uh, totally. factory type jobs. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause you don't want them to be thinking too much because then they might get not do, you know, what yeah. is needed to do. So if but, you by the way, them... there's a great Ted talk. That's just like eight minutes long by Sir Ken Robinson called uh, changing education paradigms that touches on that. Exactly. About oh, wow, why really? the education system, yeah, it's fantastic. It's why the education system was instilled, started, uh, created, created totally. basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm gonna have to write that down. Changing education paradigms. Yes, <laughs> yes. changing. I love it's that on because, YouTube. Yeah, and that's and that's fantastic. And so I loved everything you said. You're you are you're spot on, spot on. And I also found out, I think when Andrew Pudawa was the first one who told me, he said that colleges are actually looking for homeschool kids. They actually rather have a homeschooled kid than a public school kid because a homeschool kid has more proactivity. They're self-starters. You don't have to always be pushing them. They will literally, they're more curious. They'll ask questions. More self-directed. Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. So yeah, all the things, like everything you said, spot on. And new homeschoolers, you know, will will think like, oh, I need to do homeschooling from, let's say, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. or 9 to 2 or something like that. And I was just saying, no, you know, yeah, it's not a a one-to-one correlation. When you're taking an hour math class at school, that translates to 15 minutes to maybe a half an hour tops at home, you know, so you're just, it's not the same thing. Thanks. So please don't think you have to do all of that time, you know, and you can be flexible. You can homeschool nights, weekends, you know, that's why how working parents can still do this. You know, you just flip the day so that the day time when you're working, your kids play and then the afternoon evenings and weekends might be, you know, school and, and school again, doesn't even have to be, you know, sit down at the kitchen table with a workbook. It can be lots of different things, game playing, gardening, hikes, you know, projects, things like that. And you're right about the interest-based thing because, 
you know, if I go to a public school and I'm in a classroom, somebody else has picked that curriculum. Somebody else has applied that curriculum to all 30 kids in the classroom, whether that's a good fit for them or not. And when you're homeschooling, you individualize, individualize for your family, for each individual kid. So maybe you have one kid who loves worksheets. So you do worksheets a lot. Maybe you have one kid who hates them. So you do more hands-on. And let's even say that you could go interest-based as well. Let's say your kid is super into baseball. Well, then go see a game, follow the statistics of a player, learn how the grass is grown and how stadiums are grown and the politics around putting stadiums and in, in, in places and the taxes oh that go along with it. And, you know, read about the greats and go watch, you know, some baseball movies. And, you know, you can do all of these things, which sort I of incorporate incorporates history, writing, yep. science, economics, and math, yep. economics, and, yeah, government, engineering, like all of these things. <laughs> you did the exactly, whole thing. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so now your kid is super into this because you're learning about something they're excited about and you can really tailor it to them. So that's the, the individual nature of homeschooling that, that can't be beat. And, you know, it doesn't always take, you know, if you, if you are the type of parent who just wants to be super involved like that, great, you can do that. And it, it will take some time to sort of put these things in place. And once you get a groove, you're good. But for some parents, especially parents who are not coming to homeschooling organically, like they've thought about it, they're kind of being thrust into it, or I have to because my kid is doing so poorly in school or just hating school or having a mental break and problems, you know, um, that kind of thing. When they're sort of thrust into it and they're not prepared, or they're also working parents, um, you can outsource any or all of it. There are so many, I mean, this is like the best time to homeschool ever. Like every day forward from now is always going to be the best day to homeschool because there are just more and more and more vendors and opportunities and communities and play groups and park days to go to, to communal kind of with the other homeschoolers out there. So, True. you know, so many resources, so lots of free resources. True. There are local museums that are catering to homeschoolers. As, as a volunteer for the Homeschool Association of California, I get emails all the time from various, you know, museums saying, hey, how can we reach homeschoolers? We'd love to put on programs for homeschoolers. We know they're out there, you know, because wow. they also know that, like you said, the homeschoolers are the ones who are going to come and listen and be excited and it's true. You know, that kind of it's thing. It's true. So, yeah. So, so, so people are figuring out that we're here and, you know, instead of just offering after school programs, programs. they can offer programs during the day and make money during the day as well. So it's good for them. It's good for homeschoolers. It's good for yeah. everybody. Right. And, and I don't, and I actually, I mean, you say, you know, you're a public school teacher. I, I don't diss public school teachers. I think they have a really hard job yeah. in a confined sort of atmosphere and it's not ideal. And so I love that there's a choice. So that's what I'm all about. Yeah. It's just oh, yeah. that there's a choice. I, I just love the fact that if public school is not working for you, you have this other way to go that's if you're true. able to do it. And there's a certain amount of privilege that comes a- along with being able to do it, right? A lot of times sure. it does need to be a parent at home, uh, but it doesn't have to be costly. There's so much free stuff. If you can have internet, there's so much free stuff on the internet, um, there is. You know, an iPad, a, a phone, a, you know, a tablet versus a, a more expensive computer. There are ways to do it, you know, Chrome even. There are l- ways to do it that are fairly inexpensive. You know, 30 years ago, homeschoolers homeschooled with the park day, that was their community, like going to park day a couple times a week yeah. and the library. That was it. Yeah. They didn't have the internet. And now we right. do have the internet. So and even if that's 
being accessed at the library because you can't right. afford a computer. There are still ways to do it. And so I, I really, really encourage everyone to take a look at it because sure. I, I kind of liken it to, you know how, you know, the advice is always like breastfeeding is great for your kid. And even if you only did it for two weeks, that's better than nothing. Like they, they always promote, like, just do it, just do yeah. it as long as you can for, for yeah. however long you can do it. There are yeah. benefits, right? Yeah. And that's what I say about homeschooling too. Like for ha- however long you can do it, there are benefits. So yeah. take advantage of it. Even if you're only going to do it for a year because it's a stopgap measure until you get your kid into some other school, do it and do it the cool, flexible way that really tailors everything to your kid, even if it's just for that year. So you really get a taste of what it's like because who knows, you may stick with it. And if not, your kid had this amazing year uh, rather than just recreating school at home because you're going to go back anyway and you don't want to throw your kid off. Throw your kid off. It'll be a good thing to throw your kid off and have this really unique, amazing, hands-on, you know, out and about doing cool things, going to museums, going to field trips kind of experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of parents just have this idea, like, I'm going to ruin my kid. You're not. You're not going to ruin your kid. It's not going to happen. In in homeschooling, you can... They, they probably will learn so much more and so much faster and just being around their parents. You know, I think if my mom really understood the opportunity in homeschooling, I don't even think she realized that she could homeschool me. I thought, she, I think a lot of parents don't even stop and think of the opportunity to homeschool. Right. And they're yeah. just like, oh, public school, that's what we do. That's how you do it. And I think if my mom was more educated in that area of homeschooling, I'm pretty sure I would have been homeschooled because she was phenomenal. The first five years of my life, she homeschooled me. Like she literally taught me to read by the time I was two. I spoke two languages. She had me in dance, like ballet, tap, you know what I mean? She did all the That's exactly what homeschooling looks like, right? You just continue doing it instead of sending your kid off to school. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's funny is I actually just did a blog post. I think the title is homeschooling. I'm screwing them up, right? And so I kind of address all of that, exactly all of that. No, you're not. You're giving this this amazing opportunity, you know? So, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's really can be a wonderful thing. And there's a lot of support out there. I mean, that's exactly what I do. The consulting that I do is working with families and most families I work with, I work with one time because it's just to kind of get their foot in the door, understand what's out there. How do you find community connecting with others? And, and here are some you know, potential resources you can use based on what you told me about your kid just to get started. And you're going to change this over and over again as time goes on, but you know, what you use and, and, and the resources you use, but at least it gets them a foot in the door and gives them the confidence that they can do it. They hear my story. They hear about how my kids have gone off to college and how it's been successful, even though we kind of did a relaxed version of homeschooling and or a, a rex, relaxed version of education in general. And so just having that confidence of and feeling better, like they, they sort of end the call kind of jazzed and excited about it where they were, you know, apprehensive and nervous and worried at the beginning of it. And so there's support, you know, for homeschoolers like me and other people who do consulting. There are lots of support groups on Facebook and Google and meetups. There are park days, there are gatherings, field trips, things like that. There's so much out there. So you just have to get connected. And I do tell people like, give yourself six months to a year to really find your groove and find your people. Like give yourself that time 
And also you don't have to have everything set on day one too. That's another like sort of very schooly mindset. I need something for math and for history and for science and for language arts and for reading. And I, I need to know exactly what we're doing for all of these subjects that I must do. And it's kind of like, you know what, at least in California, if you're homeschooling independently, you can just have a couple of those things in place when you officially start and add other things as you go and you find them and talk to other people and make sure it's a good fit, right? Also, don't be afraid to like let go of something if it's not working because you don't have to. You, you don't That's have awesome. to do it. Exactly. You know, when something isn't working, find a different thing. Don't try to change your kid or make your kid do it if they're crying and sitting at the kitchen table, you know, sobbing over math. Figure out a different way, a different love parent it. working with them, a class, a recording if they need to rewatch it if recording is boring and they wander off in a live class you know sure, you know find sure. find a way to make it work so it's that process that can take a little while sometimes so that's um, awesome yeah so where can families and parents you know guardians homeschool teachers connect with you so my website is jamieheston.com so it's j-a-m-i-e-h-e-s-t-o-n.com and my blog is there and how to connect with me is there and I do offer a free homeschool 101 session every so often the next one is coming up in June and so you know they're ongoing and they're always on the home page and anybody can sign up the first half hour is is pretty California centric with in regard to the legalities and how to homeschool in California but everything after that the next hour and a half, it's a two hour session. The next hour and a half is really for anybody because it's all about the pros and cons of homeschooling, the challenges. What about high school? What about college? And, and a bunch of resources. And I, and I give people the PDF afterwards. So they get the PDF with all of the links and that's free to anyone who wants it. And then if you, you know, need more handholding, that's when you come to me and book a session. So you're having it in June. They probably won't hear this episode until maybe June or the end or the beginning of July. When will yeah. be your next one after that? I believe I'm scheduling one for August. So it's going to be August. Um, I, I want to say it's actually even August 11th. I, yeah. Uh, oh, no, it's actually August 16th. August okay. 16th at 7 p.m. California time. And oh, so perfect. that will also be, you know, once the once the June one passes, the August one will be on the calendar. Awesome. So great talking to you, Jamie. As we're wrapping up, what's one takeaway you want our listeners to get from our conversation? Homeschooling is possible, right? Everybody can do it if they really want to, even if you're thinking that I have no patience or I'm not a teacher. These are all things I actually address in my homeschool 101. So please come if this is how you're thinking, like I can't do it or I'm not cut out for this, right? There is just this wonderful way of doing it that's different from the way schools approach education and your kids can still go to college, right? Whether that's a four-year college or community college and transferring, there is still a path for them. So uh, just, you know, I would love for parents and like you said, guardians, parents, anybody who's responsible for a child's education to really open up their mind about it and come learn more because it really is possible. And I do kind of feel like I'm saving a kid a little bit every time I do convince somebody to give it a try, because especially for kids who are struggling in public schools and it's just not working for them. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing all of your wisdom. And I personally, I love your energy. (laughs) I love (laughs) you. (laughs) So thank you so much. Just being yourself. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. If you love the conversations we're having here on the homeschool advantage podcast, 
follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.